Out here in the perimeter, there are no stars. Out here, we is stoned, immaculate. Which is a nice thought. Anyway, thank you, Jim, for that. This is David Eastall. This is the C86 show. Um, normally, I say playing the finest in indie pop, and uh, normally it's based around the 80s. But this time, this is a bit of a special because I've been delving into my archives and coming out with a few interviews that I did a couple of years ago and beyond. And I thought, actually, I should uh, put this out because it's, um, this is with David Brock, Hawkwind. Yes, the legendary Hawkwind, who are often mentioned in lots of interviews I do with people from the 80s post-punk indie scene because they were so influential. So I've got this interview that I'm going to play just for you, dear listener. But before that, I think we'll play a bit of music, you know, a track by Hawkwind, and then quality chat. This is going to be, I'm not quite sure, so I'm going to have to flag this a little bit. I think it's called Urban... Urban Gorilla, yes. I knew there was two that I've got lined up and uh, just wanted to check I had the right one. Anyway, don't bore us, get to the chorus, David. Take it away. Two-tone panther So let's not talk 
Well, that is mind-blowing. That was Hawk Wind with the track titled Urban Gorilla. This is David Eastall. This is The C86 Show. And this week's special guest is going to be Dave Brock from Hawk Wind. And this is the interview, and this is where I'd been asking him where he was based. I know, it's a great opening question. I have to say, it took me years to research that and think about it. And I just said, go for it. Keep it easy. Go for the opening opening, easy opening, and then straight in with the kind of tricky questions. I'm not quite sure. I haven't listened to this since I recorded it, probably two years ago. Anyway, Dave, where are you from? Or where are you based? I think I was a bit confused about the postcode or the um, the phone number. That's it. Anyway, this is what old people get kind of excited by. Down in Devonshire. Devonshire, a, a picturesque. Are you, are you having a beautiful spring day? Because I think this is around the spring equinox we are here. Yes, it is. It's uh, yes, the 20, 21st and 22nd, yes. <laughs> oh, right, because some people get a bit picky and say, no, it's the 20th to the 21st, but then I just think, well, it's, well, it's close enough. I think it's three days, I always say. Uh, every time, you know, summer equinox is three days, the same as the spring and the winter <laughs> and the autumn. Yes. <laughs> And we're talking seconds either way, aren't we, really? Yeah. But the main thing is we've got more light than dark, and that's... Yes, hooray, at last. <laughs> Very big. So, look, you're one of the... Um, you're doing incredibly well, he says, because, um, you know, you got into the, the 70s and you are still rocking with a band with a new album and a tour. So, obviously, you've, you've uh, kept yourself healthy, uh, well, hopefully, yes. I I, I am a vegetarian <laughs> and a bit of a vegan as well. So I think by a good diet and exercise, you can carry on for years. I'm sure. Well, I hope so. Anyway. Right. Well, yes, generally, <laughs> it's just that actually on the on the word of um, diet, exercise, and general fitness, it don't, they they're not words that we normally associate with Hawkwind, do we? Well, I tell you, you know, in this day and age, now with lots of bands, so you find lots of uh, musicians are quite fit and healthy because. I mean, doing what we have to do, you know, concentrate, touring and all that, you have to practice. I mean, band themselves, we practice a lot, so you have to keep yourself pretty uh, on the case, you know. Well, absolutely, because your your sort of back catalogue is extraordinary and you, you've, you know, become one of these bands who now straddle into about four or five decades, don't yeah, you? Yeah, that's right. So when you began back in the late 60s and you were forming... I mean, obviously, there was no sort of plan that you were going to be going for another... No, no plan. No plan at all. (laughs) A day-by-day existence, it was. So as as, as you sort of look back, are you sort of... Do you feel incredibly pleased? Do you feel like, God, that's an amazing body of work? Uh, Well, I don't... I don't really look back over it, actually. I mean, I suppose so, because in the... You know, I mean, I listen to a lot of jazz music, and when you look at a lot of jazz artists and all that, you think, gosh, you know, uh, you know, Dave, wow, that's a lot. And I suppose, really, we're quite similar in a way that, yeah, we have got a big back catalogue, and well, as long as you can enjoy yourself, and, I mean, some of the music's good, and some of it I don't particularly like, you know, I think, oh, dear, we could have done better and things like that, but, yeah, that's life, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, I suppose over, over the last few years, we've sort of got that sort of unfortunate period where a lot of the people we've taken for granted, and I'm sort of thinking people like David Bowie and obviously Lemmy, who've just been there, and then suddenly they're not there, and then there's yeah, kind of all right. these other people. It that's That's made... I suppose people like myself and probably a lot of other people suddenly start to appreciate what we have and, and in a way wished we'd sort of appreciated more when when those people were still alive. 
Yeah, well, this, well, look at Vera Lynn. I mean, there were a hundred yesterday. <laughs> I know, and um, and still looking as good today as she oh, did. Oh, wonderful! Back. I mean, uh, we did a concert with her many years ago. Actually, what a wonderful lady she was. Yes, and I had my picture taken with her actually because my dad during the war, you know, he was um, he was a, a, a driver. He was in the Seventh Armoured Division, you know. Yeah, going through France and Germany. And I mean, when I had my picture taken with Vera Lynn, he was really over the moon, God, because he, he was a you know, she was the force's sweetheart. And he said, wow, what an honour. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, my my parents celebrated their 60th wedding anniversary last week and got yeah. the letter from, or the card from the Queen, and obviously they were just bowled over by that mm. a moment. So how did you, because you just said that you did a concert with Vera Lynn, which obviously I, I've missed that one. Yeah, it was Crystal Palace. Uh, it was for, it was an anti-heroin uh, benefit, a charity gig that we did. There were a lot of other bands. And... Uh, Vera was there, wasn't she? Yes. August 1985. No. Was it 85, was it? Yeah. Yes. I, I, probably the same year as Live Aid, if I can remember. Yeah. But yeah, so so obviously sharing the same stage. After years of going to things like a lot of squats, free festival, Stonehenge, <laughs> um, Vera, Vera Lynn I know. must have been one of the more interesting sort of, yeah. not collaborations, but to yeah. share the stage must have been quite a nice moment. It Actually, uh, it was quite an honour. Uh, I think you know. I mean, you meet these uh, different people who've been around a lot, and uh, yeah. I mean, my dad lived to a hundred as well. Actually, is uh, believe it or not. Yes. Well, there are some. You know, obviously, you've got good genes. So, I when... hope so anyway, I hope I can, well. I don't know with a misspent youth. I mean, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> so what's? I mean. Because cause I've sort of do, do one particular show where, um, you know, a lot of the bands from the, I suppose, indie 80s period, and they have a sort of a five years, five year kind of narrative. You know, they get together, they do the single, then the album comes out, they do the tour, then the slightly tricky second album, they've made no money and they just had enough and split. Bros, you're, you're sort of, you know, five years to you is absolutely nothing. So how have you managed to keep <laughs> Hawkwind going, not for just a few years, but for decades? Well, I mean, it's how can I? Well, it's, I, I always regard it as like being on board a ship, you know, uh, where I probably am the captain, and uh, you know, we call in different ports. We have different musicians coming in and out of the band, and they all add their little bit, you know. Yes. And, and as long as it's interesting, because uh, I mean, in a similar way, we are artists, you know. Instead of painting pictures with uh, paints, we're doing it with uh, sounds, you know, similar sort of thing. And if you can constantly keep changing, you know, making it interesting, it becomes uh, fun. I mean, the last album we just finished, Into the Woods, because um, we got a, a, a new young bass player from last year, Has, who worked as a roadie for us, and he's really good. He's very similar to uh, Lemmy, really. You know, he's, he's a really good musician, and he was really fun to work with, and both Richard and me have actually had to pull our socks up a bit here. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and... Uh, get a move on and uh, it was he's been really fun to work with and so this last album that we've done was really good fun because we recorded it all live yes and and uh, i mean when you sort of put together a new album what is the sort of the process the creative process of it i mean do you sort of have it all written before or do you do the music and then bring the lyrics later well i mean we actually practice we have you know like um the music we play, you know, I mean, I, I, luckily I, I'm quite good at writing stuff. I mean, I've always written loads of stuff and come up with ideas. And, uh, you know, as long as we've got a plan, it's having a plan, you know. Yes. 
And, uh, yeah, we do sort of work out some of the things we're going to do, like verse chorus, verse chorus. Then, of course, we've got big jam things in the middle where you can go off at tangents and uh, and go into weird old spacey things and then come back to your verse chorus again. To uh, It's like it's like uh, taking people on voyages, really. Yes. But we do have a plan, though. <laughs> yeah. I mean, do you see yourself very much in that sort of... The same way that, um, like the early Pink Floyd, the psychedelic stuff, and also a bit like the the West Coast, uh, the Grateful Dead as well, in in sort of that counterculture soundtrack. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, you could. Uh, I mean, that's that's pretty much um, where we're at, I suppose. Really. Uh, I mean, fans like it as long as you're able to sort of flow. I mean, that's the objective that we do when we're on stage. Uh, you know, is to try and. Take, take people on voyages because we've got a really good light show. I mean, when we ad lib, of course, you know, John, who works our light show, has to sort of ad lib with it, you know. Yeah. Uh, which, uh, when it all works together, it's really good fun and, uh, you know, it looks good and sounds good. I mean, did you, what were the, I mean, obviously you sort of got together in your late, the late 60s. So obviously this sort of the psychedelic years of sort of the, the, the Floyd and then sort of the Jimi Hendrix the Grateful Dead and, and, and those bands had obviously sort of been going for sort of a few years and, and obviously you had Sgt. Pepper. I mean, what were the music, What was the sort of music that you were listening to that, that sort of um, influenced you? Well, I you? suppose really, you know, Steve Miller, um, Steve Miller Band, they're a good band to listen to. Moody Blues, I mean, the uh, sort of like early and late 60s, they were, I mean, doing, look, they worked with the London uh, Symphony Orchestra in their first album. Oh, yes. And, uh, I mean, they were doing really interesting stuff. Uh, yes, I used to listen to all those bands and things, like you say, and Jimi Hendrix. Yeah. And, um, yeah, and, and I used to sit, you know, because I was a busker for years, working the streets and doing the cinema queues at Leicester Square for quite a few years. Yeah. Good practice for you, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, you have to sort of be able to sort of deal with an audience. Oh, yeah. And obviously, I mean, you have... You know, the band has had a lot of members and you've obviously had a lot of sort of, you know, relationships with different people. I mean, how have you sort of managed to sort of process and cope with all those kind of people coming and going in your life? Well, reasonably easy. I know some of them, it's it's a funny old thing because, you know, some of them uh, get stuck in their ruts and, you know, then they leave and then, of course, we've got somebody else and they can't come back and then they're all resentful. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but that's life, you know. And, uh, I mean, that's the way it always is. And uh, some people are really happy. I mean, wonderful memories because we've travelled all around the world quite a few times. And, uh, you know, in a way, it's like a marriage. You know, it, it is a bit like a divorce, too, when different people go away and they sort of think, oh, crikey, you know, I wish I'd stayed in the band. I'm not in it. No, blimey, you know. Yes. because oh, I, I can't get back in. <laughs> <laughs> well, absolutely. Because there have been some great documentaries about, you know, Hawkwind. And I, I do remember the one where you were trying to sort of, I suppose, get rid of one of the members. I think it was just when you were in Paris and sort of all jumped. Oh, gosh, yeah. And jumped, was... on, and jumped on the bus to leave him in the hotel room and then sort of realised that he would sort of was running down the street yeah, after that, the bus. Yeah, that was when we, were, we had our gold Mercedes uh, car at the time. Yeah, see, it, that was with Bob Calvert. Uh, I mean, poor old Bob uh, used to suffer from bits of uh, mania, you see. That was the trouble. And uh, we just finished his gig in Paris and he was suffering from... It was, when he's you know, working, he he was like a genius, but then he'd go down in the dumps, up and down, you know? Yeah. 
And uh, at the time, he was really been, you know, he couldn't sleep for two or three days at a time. He'd be full of ideas, constantly coming up with ideas, really hard to contend with, you know, did weigh you down a bit. And that's what happened then. And uh, and virtually the whole band were on the verge of nervous breakdown. <laughs> with Bob's ideas constantly, we'd be going to bed and the phone would be ringing. Bob, I've got this wonderful idea. Oh, Bob, go to sleep. You know, it's <laughs> three o'clock in the morning. No, no, no. Can I come into your room? No, no. <laughs> and uh, and that's why I sort of, uh, when we were leaving, uh, then we, you know, got in that car and uh, the rest of the band said, quick, Dave, drive, you know, before he comes downstairs. And uh, unfortunately, I got stuck in a traffic jam just about 50 yards from the hotel uh, with Bob running after the car going, wait, wait for me. And they say, drive, drive. So I had to melt the curb around this traffic line and, and drive off. Yes. But, uh, yeah. But, that, yeah. He's a clever bloke, Bob. Wrote some wonderful poetry and, uh, you know, Yes. And, um, you know, I suppose, I mean, looking through, you know, a lot of your band lineups, I mean, and sort of realising with years, you know, it must be kind of quite an odd experience or odd sort of sometimes to emotionally process all these kind of things that have happened. And I suppose to make sense of it all. Well, I mean, you know, the band we've got now basically have been together for, I mean, all the people in it have been together. Richard, our drummer, has been in it for 27, 28 years now, yeah. Right. And, I mean, you know, now most of the band have been together in it for, for eight to ten years. You know, it's quite a long time, except, like I say, Haz, who's the new boy in the band for two years. But, you know, it sort of it is ongoing and uh, it is good fun. I mean... You know, it's, it is a big family thing in a way, really, I, I suppose, because, I mean, we do our Hawkeyster yes. that we do every year down at Seaton Town Hall because we save the town hall for being uh, turned into an office block yes. <laughs> by doing a, a few charity gigs and raising the money to, uh, you know, get the lease for it and all that and hand it back to the people, volunteers that run it, which is a really good thing to do. So we've got that coming up in April. And then but, uh, and it is a big family thing, you know. We see people's kids grow up and come and see us, and uh, you know. And also, you've got a massive tour coming up as well, haven't you? Yeah, in May, yeah, into the woods tour that we're doing. That's right. Yeah, it's. Uh, and this is and this is going to be. Am I going to contend with that? <laughs> well, certainly, I, I I wouldn't sort of book anything else in May because, frankly, you're quite sort of chock a block. And then you've got a few festivals as well. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, we're we're working. I mean. You know, as long as we make it a pleasant uh, and it's not too, you know, as we're all getting on a bit, you know. <laughs> well, absolutely, actually. And, uh, as long as it's fun. I mean, uh, you know, like I say, has our bass player, he's only 23, so he's a young boy in the band. So. <laughs> yes. I mean, obviously, seeing people like Rolling Stones still sort of being able to do it, does, yeah. does that make you think, this is cool, we, we, you know, we're still all right, you know, we, we, this, is, this, well, this isn't time to call it a day? I don't know, I don't pay much attention to anyone else actually right. <laughs> just get on with doing what we're doing you see i mean i suppose you know it's the same with them they just as long as they're enjoying doing what they're doing you know there's nothing else i mean there we are there's nothing else for us to do really yes uh, so you know i mean funny enough when you think then most people now it's a real shame when they get to the point of 65 and think oh they've got to retire you know you think there's so many people that could carry on working for years on end you know uh, I mean, in this modern day and age now, obviously there's a lot more older people around. And, you know, they, a lot of them just don't want to give up and sit down in front of the telly because that's when they become sort of dull and, you know, they've all had interesting lives to lead. 
So why shouldn't they carry on working for a bit longer, you know? Well, I always thought, actually, even though when I was looking at um, interviews with Lemmy in his later life, you could, at the time, he didn't really make, pay much attention, but I realised that actually he was slightly shrinking and looking smaller. And, but he did sort of play a few weeks in, before he died, and you thought, well, actually, that was probably the best way to go. He, his body was obviously Yeah, ri- I mean, that's what he wanted to do. He, he wanted to carry on, no matter what. I mean, it was a shame sometimes to see, you know, I mean, I saw a few things on YouTube, and I'm, I was in contact with him pretty regularly anyway. Yes. And uh, yeah, and, and and I suppose at the time, you know, you thought, God, he does seem to be shrinking a bit. But you know, he was obviously all right. And then suddenly, you know, after that German gig that he played in December, you know, he died just after Christmas of that month. And you thought, well, actually, that was perfect. You know, he obviously the music probably kept him going. If he had been a normal person sitting in a care home or in in a little bungalow somewhere, it probably, <laughs> he, you know, he wouldn't have been sort of rocking out doing Ace of Spades no, I know, uh, two weeks before his death. Which become I'd, a legend, living legend. A little, was. a bit of a legend. <laughs> Yeah, and, and I suppose the Stones, I think, well, great. Because the other thing that's always, um, I don't know about surprised me, but the influence that Hawkwind had on the punk and post-punk uh, bands was enormous. Because I remember hearing Peter Hook from, um, well, he was in New Order and also Joy Division saying that, you know, coming to see Hawkwind was, was uh, you know, one of the most important bands of his life. Oh, good. So, well, let's hope they all keep saying that. <laughs> yes, but I, I suppose, that, you know, when I was growing up, Hawkwind sort of had this like, well, they were just more of a, a druggy, festy band. But then over the years, you know, people have kind of slightly reappreciated the band, haven't they? Yeah, I think so, yeah. I mean, you know, when you're younger, you can do these things, but you uh, can only do things for so long. Uh, yeah. You crumble into dust, don't you, really? <laughs> Absolutely, and um, like you said, it's it's like having the new album, having the tour, and everything keeps everybody, you know, just yeah. focused on. Well, it. I mean, we do practice a lot. I mean, we do usually about three days a week practicing, so uh, you know, to keep our hand in because uh, it's good for us and it gives us ideas, uh, you know, for what we're gonna. Well, I don't know what we're gonna do next. I mean, we've got this album out now, really, which we have to concentrate on now. Uh, but who knows what's going to happen next? Because you can, you know, yeah, we've got bookings for next year even, but I can't even think what we're going to be doing, if you see what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> you, you can only live for the next few months, as it were. Yeah. And that was me in conversation with the legend that is Dave Brock. That's an interview that I did. I was just, I just seal, saw the date. It was the 21st of March, 2017. And um, anyway, thank you for listening. If you still are, if you're not, then I don't blame you. I enjoyed it. That's the main thing. And I even got to see them live on that tour and they blew my mind. I do believe they've sort of got a, a big kind of 50th anniversary tour coming up. But let's leave it there. Um, we'll play one more track. But before that, the one thing we love as you get much older, admin, if you can call you, if you want to, you don't have to, obviously, you can contact me on, um, yes, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, just go to at C86show, I will be there, and um, as I often say, just keep it positive and nice, otherwise don't bother, and you can also find a lot of these shows that I've archived for three years plus, um, you can find that on Spotify, iTunes, Mixcloud, and Podbean. So there you have it. Anyway, this has been David Easel, The C86 Show. Thank you to Dave Brock for that. I'm going to leave you with another track. This is Orgon Accumulator. Have a great week.
later.